welcome to the UCSF Sports Medicine Podcast, six to eight weeks, perspectives in medicine. During our program, we continue to cover a variety of hot topics in the sports medicine world and more. Welcome everyone to our UCSF Sports Medicine Podcast, six to eight weeks, perspective on sports medicine. You can check us out on the web at six to eight weeks podcast.com on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having two of our UCSF Sports Medicine Fellows, Dr. Theismann and Dr. Wang. As some of you know, we do train UCSF here. We train orthopedic surgeons to go into various subspecialties, pediatrics, spine, trauma. Myself and Dr. Feely are involved with training our sports medicine fellows who will hopefully become the next generation of leaders in taking care of patients who have sports medicine issues. So the first thing I want to do is once again, welcome Jeff and Kevin. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. And maybe Kevin, you can go first and then Jeff. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you went into sports medicine. Sure. About myself, I grew up in the Midwest in Indiana. I moved to Chicago for medical school and undergrad. And then from there, went to New York City for my residency training. And then UCSF now for fellowship. So I've kind of been all around. And then next year, I'll be heading down to Florida, most likely. You know, kind of made a big tour of the U.S. In terms of what brought me to do sports medicine fellowships, I feel like a little bit of a walking cliche when I say this, but, you know, I, I had an exposure early on when I played college rugby, had two ACL tears, and that really kind of got me started down that path. I was originally going to do mechanical engineering, and once I kind of started interacting with orthopedics for the first time, was a little bit interested in the mechanics and, and a lot of the physics and everything that kind of went into that part of the career, and from there, uh, it kind of evolved. I think one of the things that drew me the most, though, to sports medicine, even through my medical training, was a little bit of like the nuances of the conversations that you have with patients. So, you know, orthopedics is an elective specialty. I think sports medicine is almost even more elective within that being an elective specialty. A lot of these conversations that you have with the patients are a little more nuanced and, and focus around what their real goals are out of the surgery, what they want to get back to, things like that. And that's really outside of even like the surgery, the technical aspects, all those things, which I do love. And that's what really draws me to it. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and tell us your life story? I, unlike Kevin, did not make it out of the Midwest until this year. So I was born in Iowa and then raised in Minnesota from kindergarten through the end of residency, did my residency at the University of Minnesota. And during that time, I realized during residency that, uh, you know, I liked taking care of a, a broad group of people in terms of patients. I liked young people. I liked old people. I liked different abilities. I didn't have a specific, in orthopedics, people talk about loving a specific joint and they only want to take care of people with a problem in one joint. That wasn't me. I wanted to be able to take care of people kind of from a more broad aspect. And one of the more specific things or frustrating things for me is when there's a benefit for people to be very focused on something. But, you know, when some surgeons only have the ability to offer one or two types of surgery that they do, sometimes when you're a hammer, everything seems to be a nail. And so I was always very frustrated or I wanted to have the the breadth of options available to me as an orthopedic surgeon to be able to intervene on you know, if you have a cartilage problem, there's cartilage surgeries I can do for you. If there's a ligament problem, I want to be able to fix the ligament, open surgery, arthroscopic surgery. And so a sports medicine fellowship really fit that for me is that I could take care of a broad spectrum of people with a number of different techniques and help them get back to their goals. When you all do the fellowship interview process, which is now almost exactly two years ago for you too. It's very different than residency. I feel like residency interviews are where can I hope to get in? And fellowship is really picking and choosing the place that feels like the right spot to augment what you've already learned. 
Jeff, I'll start with you. What were you looking for specifically in a fellowship that helped you narrow down where you wanted to go? For me, I was specifically looking for fellowships with two to five fellows. I didn't want to be a solo fellow and I didn't want to be one of a lot of different fellows. You know, they won't know your name because there's so many of you. I wanted to make sure there was an open experience, not just an arthroscopic experience for each joint. There are some fellowships that I was looking into that really only did arthroscopic surgery of the shoulder. And I wanted to make sure there was an open shoulder experience as well. I also wanted exposure and the ability to do hip arthroscopy afterwards if I so chose. I didn't want to realize like partway through fellowship, I love the hip arthroscopy and then not have enough reps to be good enough at it to do it in practice. And then the kind of the cherry on top for me was one of my mentors in residency was a recent graduate from this fellowship. And I think there's no better way to say that you have an excellent fellowship than producing excellent graduates. And so that really pushed it over the top for me was Dr. Caitlin Chambers was one of my mentors in residency. Oh, I thought you were talking about me and I was like, I didn't go here for fellowship but okay um, what about you kevin i think very you know kind of in the same vein as jeff one of the things that was really on my list was case diversity and i think maybe that's a little bit of a selection bias here at ucsf because we do have case diversity so people who want that are probably going to end up coming here but we have shoulder arthroplasty hip arthroscopy all of those represented and that's really kind of what i was looking for when i was making my list anything that didn't have all of those kind of fell lower down on the list just because i didn't know what job i was going to have afterwards i didn't know what skills i needed to have i just knew that you know i wanted to get good at all of the different types of surgeries that sports medicine surgeons perform I think also one of the things that was high on my list too was, was it somewhere that I could see myself living for a year, not just location wise, but also with the faculty and with the kind of general vibe of the the fellowship itself. I definitely wanted to have an experience where I felt comfortable and felt like there was some kind of a connection between me and the faculty and the the general vibe of the place. It's, it's a little bit hard to kind of explain, but I think that on the Zoom interviews or on your in-person interviews, however you're doing it, sometimes places just do feel like, oh, yeah, I could definitely see myself here for a year. It's a little hard to articulate what the exact reasons for that is. And kind of piggybacking off that, I know some programs had in-person interviews, some are Zoom. Maybe Jeff, start first. What were some of the pros and cons of the in-person versus the Zoom kind of when you're going through the process? Our year was completely Zoom because it was pandemic. But I think, you know, the, the, the pros are it saves time and money, right? So most fellowship interview days are four to eight hours of in-person stuff and it saves money as you don't have to travel there. Other pros is you can wear shorts during your interviews. You know, I think that's a really important one that cannot be understated. <laughs> during conferences. Too. Yeah, I'm sure that will come up somewhere in fellowship interviews this year. <laughs> Dr. Zhang's camera is a dangerous thing, just be aware. Um, the cons are, I think it's like, you know, Kevin said that kind of that gut or gestalt feeling of a place is a little bit harder to get in Zoom, even though, to be honest, the Zoom interviews here for me, I loved the vibe during interviews. And that actually confirmed that this wanted to be my the top choice is, you know, they were giving each other a hard time as a faculty and clearly knew each other more as people than just coworkers. And, and to me, that was important that the faculty actually like each other and get along and maybe even spend time with each other outside of required conference. And that's, I mean, that's a good sign for a, a good work environment. How about you, Kevin? Over yeah, I, think I had a lot of the same ideas of, as Jeff. I think, you know, the Zoom interviews, there's very easy to say you're saving time, you're saving money. One of the things that was a little bit tough about the Zoom interviews, I think, was that nobody knew how many places you should apply to. 
I was everyone I asked was like, how many places do I apply? How many interviews do I take? They're like, well, this is the first time they've ever done anything like this. So all of it. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I did way too many <laughs> response to that, but I feel like I did end up doing too many interviews piggybacking off what Jeff said in terms of the cons, you don't really get as good of a feel via Zoom as you do in person. But I did see a little bit of the vibe, like in the meeting rooms, you can tell when people are just kind of bantering with each other and actually like, you know, hang out in real life outside of work. And they have things to talk about and banter about. Whereas some of the Zoom interviews, it was just kind of sitting in silence, looking at everyone waiting for the interview to start. So sometimes you can definitely get a feel of that via Zoom and you save that time, you save that money. But I do think that the in-person definitely provides a little bit more of a, a perspective that you don't necessarily get via Zoom. I agree. I think the nice part about Zoom is it saves money. You don't get to see the physical plant either, but I'm not sure how much that matters a fellow. For better or for worse, I think HSS had some amazing, gorgeous facilities and also pretty average ORs. And in hindsight, what they looked like and what they felt like was a lot less important than the people that were in there. And we certainly try to champion that as well. But I like we have most of our facilities are pretty nice, even the ones that Dr. Pandia runs on the East Bay. So I wanted <laughs> to ask you a question, mainly about your experience and what surprised you the most about fellowship. And that can be either specific to UCSF or just fellowship in general, what was something that you didn't really anticipate that has kind of taken you by surprise, Kevin? I don't know if there's UCSF in particular or fellowship in general, but I actually feel like a peer, an equal, much more so than residency. I think in residency, it's very obvious that you were working for the attendings or you were there specifically to be tutored under them or taught under them and, and learn their specific ways of doing things. I think in fellowship, even with some of the attendings, a lot of the cases that we go through, there's more sometimes a, a discussion about, well, what do you want to do here? Uh, what do you want to do here? Like having that question just turned around right back at you is kind of a really you know sobering moment to be like, oh, what what do I want to do here? Usually I just say whatever you want. And, and now I have to kind of make a decision here. <laughs> but I really think that that's a, you know, it's really inspired a lot of growth and a lot of deep thought about the questions and really, you know, turned me back to like delving more into the literature, asking more questions, being like, well, why did I choose that? What, what reasons do I have to pick that answer? And really kind of some introspection into some of those decision-making processes is really spurred by the fact that you're treated as almost an equal partner in the OR at times, which is something that I really like. Before I, I get to Jeff's answer, because I know when you said reading literature, I know we've covered A Tale of Two Cities, among other things, including famous Minnesota Vikings uh, quarterbacks, which actually very few. I think the other like place here really is us, <laughs> yeah, is us learning from, from you all and learning from what your training was and getting a perspective of what you guys think. And I think even though we focus a lot in the OR, I think in clinic, it's really important to get the understanding of how the fellows interact with the patients and they may get a better sense and the patients may actually be a little bit more open with the fellow because they know we're coming in and they want to be a little bit more forthcoming with you all. And that also allows you guys to make more of a decision based on what the patients want rather than sometimes what the patients think the attendings want to say. What about you, Jeff? What has surprised you most other than the fact that nobody is a Vikings fan here? I mean, you guys are smarter than that. You cheer for teams that win. <laughs> Fair. 
I think <laughs> besides Oakland's teams, but I digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or lack of teams. What I think probably the thing that's most surprising for me is seeing the the day to day and week to week growth as fellows that, you know, where I was at the beginning of the year versus where I am today are night and day different. I thought I had pretty good hands when I got here and it's it's so much different the level of dexterity, arthroscopic abilities and, you know, all the joints we work in. And that like, you know, when I got the fellowship, I could have probably gotten through all the cases we do, but man, it would not have been pretty and it would have taken a long time. And now there are a lot of cases and, and this is something I really wanted coming out of fellowship that, you know, like you, you want to focus on every case, but you don't want every single case to keep you up at night for, you know, coming into it. And so now that I think there are some, some cases that I feel very prepared and competent going into that whether or not the staff needs to be there or not is a little, is not as important. Like, obviously I want them there because I'm there to learn from them, but like, I know I could do a good job whether or not they want to be completely involved in this case. And so that's like a pretty awesome feeling. And we still have six months left. So I'm sure how I perform today will be much different than where I am in six months. And the growth that's still there for me at, at UCSF is pretty awesome. It's great. And maybe in terms of that that growth and, and kind of getting different experiences, we do have a lot of different attendings, a lot of different personalities. How do you feel you've kind of been able to learn and, and also kind of interact with the different personalities and, and different styles that all of us have? Part of the fellowship at the very beginning and part of any job at the very beginning is kind of getting an idea of what the vibes of each different attending or each different person that you're interacting with is, what their expectations of you are and, and how they want to run their room or how do they want to run their, you know, kind of relationship with you. And I think the nice thing about here is it's almost very upfront. You kind of know right away which attendings are the ones who are going to collaborate with you and let you kind of make decisions and mistakes on your own and be there for you in an advisory capacity. And then you know the attendings who want to be a little bit more didactic with their approach and, and lecture you about the way that they do it and show you exactly how they want them. Done. Dr. Philly is laughing because he's he's one of those you know very nitpicky attendings. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. But I think that there's really a good balance because you get a little bit of everything, and I think that's something that as an adult learner I do need. There are certain things that I want to see the exact process that a skilled expert who's had you know 20, 30 years in the field knows how to do, and there are some things that. I want to try to make my own mistakes on that times and understand, well, they're doing it that way, but why are they doing it that way? Oh, because if I do it my way, it sucks. So you kind of <laughs> a lot. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? What's your, your kind of take on the environment? I think just to build off Kevin's, I think you kind of need both to reach excellence. You need examples of ways to do stuff extremely efficiently and effectively, but you also need to be allowed to struggle to see that there's some, I don't know if trial and error is the right way to say it, but there are more efficient ways to do stuff. Like, yeah, you can do it your way, but like my way is probably more efficient. Let me show you. Yeah. Yeah. That's much more efficient. We should do it that way. And so, I mean, there'll be cases where there's some faculty that, you know, I think both of you guys, I will, you guys will let me do quite a bit. And I'll be like, can you please just do this part? I want to see how you do it because I know I can do it, but I know you can do it better and more efficiently. Can I learn from you? And I'd rather watch you do this part than me doing it. Like, I know I can do it, but I want to see it done more efficiently. I think one of the things I really like about working with the different faculty and different fellows here is even though there's no true independence where 
you are completely left alone. We do have the opportunity to guide you through cases, but again, view your own decision-making power largely because we trust where you trained before and we trust how you've learned so quickly through all the other faculty. So I like the balance that it's a safe environment for patients. It feels very controlled for us, but still allows you all growth and opportunity. So I'm going to ask you each this. You do not have to pick one of my cases, but what has been your favorite case of fellowship, Kevin? Not including last Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not going to name names just because I feel like Dr. Feely would get offended. But <laughs> I did have a case where actually it was a pretty routine case where it was just a revision rotator cuff where we were doing an augmented patch. There were some kind of difficulties with the patient in terms of just the fact that it was a revision case, a little bit more scar tissue, things like that. It wasn't my favorite case while doing it because it was a big struggle. And there were a lot of things that I was doing. This was pretty early on in fellowship. I'd say probably the second month or so that were making things that I was doing harder and more difficult. And every kind of time that I wanted to do something, I was finding an obstacle in the way and, and things like that. I was able to make it through the case and after the fact, you know, everything went smoothly, everything went safely and, and, you know, the case went well, it was just more difficult than I would have hoped for it to be. And after the fact, I kind of had a, a second to reflect on it. And then the next day, I was with a different attending who was one of those little more didactic attendings of talking about exactly the way that they like to do things. And having struggled through another case previously and, and understood what was making things hard, I was able to refocus my attention on some really tiny little details like, oh, how are they positioning the arm in this part? Oh, how are they moving their hand on the scope in this part? What direction is the camera pointing in this part? And really kind of dissect my mistakes and my little technical difficulties that led to my struggling and learn how to improve myself in the future to just make things easier on myself. How about you, Jack? You know, I don't, since you kind of gave us these prompts, quite a bit of time thinking about specifically this question. And I don't know if I can come up with one specific case, but I can come up with two or three examples. And, you know, the first one that comes to mind is kind of almost in the vein of Kevin's is, you know, when I came to fellowship, I thought fixing a subscap tear and a rotator cuff was like one of the most technically difficult things that you have to do as a shoulder arthroscopist or arthroscopist in general. And now that's one of those things that like, I almost look forward to it needing to be repaired because I enjoy it. And it's, I know it's not going to take me very long, even if it takes a little longer than I want it to. I'm never stressed about it because I know I have the technical skills to, to get it done and, and do a very good job doing it. And then the other one is, you know, shoulder instability and arthroscopic bank arts in that it looks so easy to get the right amount of tissue come in, out, in, out. And, you know, I think I was with Dr. Feely at the beginning, and I'm sure he was pained watching me try to get the right bites for an arthroscopic bank art. And then I actually, you know, I did an arthroscopic bank art with Dr. Pena in the last week or two, and it went about as smoothly as you could hope. And just kind of feeling that growth that this is, you know, this is a really fun job, especially as you get better at it. And so it wasn't, I don't think it's one specific case, but it's just seeing the teaching and the education that you guys are helping. And, you know, I'm work, working and learning and reflecting on my own abilities too, but this is set up to be a place that you get, you get better fast. And that's really fun to see. Well, kind of in, in closing for both of you, you, let's say, you know, an applicant comes up to you and says, hey, give me 30 seconds on UCSF. What makes it, you know, what, what, 
give me the lowdown on this fellowship. What, what would you say, Kevin, and then and you, Jeff? I think it's a place where learning is highly emphasized. I think there's a lot of intentional decisions made in the fellowship program about doing the things that are specifically useful to us learning and allowing us to kind of drive ourselves in that process. I was a little bit surprised, honestly, at how little the attendings kind of forced us to do. So like, it's not like they're having us help cover a team because they don't want to cover a team or they're having us in their clinic to improve their efficiency or things like that. They're really like the things that we're participating in and we're doing, honestly, they could do without us and they're, they're happy to tell us. faster. Yeah, but they really just want to teach us and get joy from teaching us. And that, you know, is something that is, I think, extremely important in the process and something that I didn't necessarily think very intentionally about coming in, but definitely something that I think applicants should think about as they look at programs. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, I think, you know, UCSF Sports and Shoulder Fellowship was my first choice, and I have no regrets on that being my first choice. And I think that's because of the all-encompassing education, both as a intraoperative surgeon, your indications, your clinical discussion with patients, you know, how you present yourself as a professional to other members of the team. And, you know, I, I think there's, it's both demonstrated here and it makes you want to be better as a fellow in all aspects of how you do stuff. You know, I think I clinically evaluate literature better than I did. I, you know, I'm able to teach medical students better than I did. There's some medic metaphors and anecdotes that you guys both teach residents and, and patients with that I'm going to keep using for the rest of my career. And it's fun to see. And uh, I have nothing but positive things to say about my experience here. Awesome. Well, thank you both, Jeff and Kevin, for coming on to our fellowship interview podcast. We're looking forward to kind of training you over the next couple months. And to all our listeners, we have several <laughs> fellowships here at UCSF, not just sports medicine. We have pediatrics, hand, trauma, spine. So we're training in primary care sports medicine, training the, the next generation. Yes, arthroplasty as well, too. Yes, uh, arthroplasty is kind of, you know, as a peds person, that's not, you know. Really hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, love our, love our arthroplasty colleagues as well, too. So thank you, everyone. And uh, check us out at 68weekspodcast.com, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And hopefully we get a 49ers win uh, on the next set of fellows through. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the UCSF Sports Medicine Podcast, six to eight weeks, perspectives in medicine. What do you think of this topic? Connect with us now. In addition to finding our contact form, you'll also find our social media links in our entire six to eight weeks episode archive. Help us grow our listenership by liking, subscribing, and sharing everywhere. We're eager to hear from you, and we'll be sending you more great thought-provoking content in less than six to eight weeks.